Hello, and welcome to A Course in Miracles for Regular People. I'm your host, Reverend Robin. In this podcast, we read and discuss the text of A Course in Miracles. I also have another podcast that is reading and discussing the daily workbook lessons. That one is called A Course in Miracles Daily Workbook Lessons for Regular People. I love talking with people about A Course in Miracles and the daily lessons, and I welcome interaction and feedback. There are several ways you can reach out to me if you'd like to chat. I'm on Twitter at ACIMFOR. I have a Facebook page called A Course in Miracles for Regular People. You can email me at ACIMFRP, that's A Course in Miracles for Regular People, ACIMFRP at gmail.com. Or you can simply go to anchor.fm and leave me a voice message. Actually, you can also make donations on Anchor if you'd like to support this podcast, and I really appreciate that. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hello, and welcome to episode 91. We'll be continuing chapter 4, Illusions of the Ego, and section 6, The Rewards of God. Our takeaways from last week's episode are, number one, the only reason we have any struggle with the ego is that we believe it's real. We give our allegiance to it, and that's what gives it power over us. Number two, the ego is not a separate entity, nor is it actually a part of us. It is merely a part of our belief about ourselves. And number three, the graciousness of our indebtedness leads to the opening of our minds to holy perception. Okay, so we're picking up at paragraph number three, and it says, You have very little trust in me as yet, but it will increase as you turn more and more often to me instead of to your ego for guidance. The results will convince you increasingly that this choice is the only sane one you can make. One of my favorite teachers that I listen to, Abraham Hicks, says, Words don't teach life experience teaches. So Jesus talked and talked to Helen when she was transcribing A Course in Miracles. And we read and read what he said. But it's the results that we'll see as we turn more and more frequently to Jesus for guidance rather than going with the knee-jerk reactions to situations, which is the ego telling us what to do. So the more we turn to Jesus or the Holy Spirit, the more we'll get better results. And those results will show us that it is the only sane choice to be made. Continuing. No one who learns from experience that one choice brings peace and joy while another brings chaos and disaster needs additional convincing. Again, words don't teach. Life experience teaches. We learn what we live. Continuing, learning through rewards is more effective than learning through pain because pain is an ego illusion and can never induce more than a temporary effect. Well, I like the idea of learning through rewards. The Bible says that it's God's goodness that leads us to repentance, not God punishing us 
or, you know, inflicting you with a disease or anything like that. It's not, those things don't lead to learning in a positive way. Continuing. The rewards of God, however, are immediately recognized as eternal. Since this recognition is made by you, the real you, and not the ego. The recognition itself establishes that you and your ego cannot be identical. Our ego is not the real us. We are not one and the same, the ego and the self. Continuing, you may believe that you have already accepted this difference, but you are no means convinced as yet. So we mentally assent, but where the rubber meets the road, we still sometimes follow the knee-jerk reaction of the ego. So we, we say we believe it, we understand that we are not our ego, but when we're actually convinced of that truth, then we won't respond with the ego anymore. <clears throat> Continuing. The fact that you believe you must escape from the ego shows this, but you cannot escape from the ego by humbling it or controlling it or punishing it. So the only way to quote-unquote escape from the ego is by turning more and more frequently to Jesus for guidance and allowing the knowledge, true knowledge, to unmake the ego. <clears throat> Paragraph 4. The ego and the spirit do not know each other. The separated mind cannot maintain the separation except by dissociating. So if the separated mind doesn't dissociate, then it has to recognize its oneness. But if it wants to be separated, it has to dissociate from the true self. <clears throat> Continuing. Having done this, having dissociated from the true self, the um, separated mind denies all natural impulses, not because the ego is a separate thing, but because you want to believe that you are. The ego is a device for maintaining this belief. But it is still only your decision to use the device that enables it to endure. <clears throat> so, as we learned in last week's episode, the ego is not us. It's not even a part of us. It is a part of our belief about ourselves. So here it shows us that the ego is a device to maintain the belief that the ego is real. And it's our choice to continue to use it and keep it active or not. Continuing with chapter 5. How can you teach someone the value of something that he has deliberately thrown away? He must have thrown it away because he did not value it. You can only show him how miserable he is without it and slowly bring it nearer so he can learn how his misery lessens as it approaches. 
This teaches him to associate his misery with its absence and the opposite of misery with its presence. So this is what Jesus is doing with us as he shows us how it feels to be one with God in each other. Continuing, it gradually becomes desirable as he changes his mind about its worth. I am teaching you to associate misery with the ego and joy with the spirit. You have taught yourself the opposite. You are still free to choose, but can you really want the rewards of the ego in the presence of the rewards of God? Rewards of the ego versus the rewards of God. What are the rewards of the ego? We get to have individuality and specialness. And along with that individual individuality comes aloneness and fear, seeking for shelter and safety where none can be found. And the rewards of God? Oneness, invulnerability, love, peace, joy, etc. Paragraph 6. My trust in you is greater than yours in me at the moment, but it will not always be that way. Jesus' trust in us is strong because he already accomplished what he's leading us to do, so he knows it's doable. Our trust in him is not as strong because we aren't certain that what he's telling us can be done. But the more we experience the peace found in unity, the more we will trust in him. Continuing, your mission is very simple. You are asked to live so as to demonstrate that you are not an ego, and I do not choose God's channels wrongly. So here we're being encouraged by being told that our mission is simple. He says, we are asked to live in a way that makes it evident that we're not the ego. Then here's the most important piece. He does not choose God's channels wrongly. That means that we really are not required to do anything. We are channels through which God's spirit flows. It's the whole do nothing and leave nothing undone thing talked about in the Tao Te Ching. Continuing with the text. The Holy One shares my trust and accepts my atonement decisions because my will is never out of accord with his. In the Bible, Jesus said in John 10, 38, I am in the Father and the Father's in me. So Jesus said, I have said before that I am in charge of the atonement. This is only because I have completed my part in it as man and can now complete it through others. My chosen channels cannot fail because I will lend them my strength as long as theirs is wanting. So his chosen channels cannot fail because he is flowing through us, choosing for us, and doing everything in us. Paragraph 7. I will go with you to the Holy One, and through my perception he can bridge the little gap. Jesus has perception and knowledge? Hmm. Maybe it's that he has knowledge, but remembers our perception from his experience. Also, somewhere else in the Course, it talks about the Holy Spirit seeing our illusions and understanding that we believe them, but he knows the truth. So it's, I guess it's that. <clears throat> Continuing, your gratitude to your brother is the only gift I want. I will bring it to God for you, knowing that 
To know your brother is to know God. If you are grateful to your brother, you are grateful to God for what he created. Through your gratitude, you come to know your brother. And one moment of real recognition makes everyone your, makes everyone your brother because each of them is your father. Love does not conquer all things, but it does set all things right. So there's a fine line difference between conquering all things and setting all things right. The difference is that conquering implies a battle, which is not real. Setting things right is just a recognizing, a recognizing, or I'm sorry, a reorganizing of things, of our thoughts, setting our thoughts in order so that we can distinguish between illusion and truth. <clears throat> Continuing. Because you are the kingdom of God, I can lead you back to your own creations. You do not recognize them now, but what has been dissociated is still there. Paragraph 8. As you come closer to a brother, you approach me, and the better we feel. And as you withdraw from him, I become distant to you, and the worse we feel. Salvation is a collaborative venture it cannot be undertaken successfully by those who disengage themselves from the sonship because they are disengaging themselves from me. So the sonship includes Jesus and us. God will come to you only as you will give him your brothers. Now, it doesn't mean that God will stand there with his arms folded saying, nope, I won't come to you until you give me your brothers. It means that the only way that God can come to us is through giving him our brothers. And the reason for that, of course, is that we are all one. Jesus and the Father, and we in Jesus. Now, continuing with the last two lines here. Learn first of them, and you will be ready to hear God. That is because the function of love is one. Yes, the function of love is one. Love is oneness, unity, non-duality. Well, that is the end of section six. So my takeaways from this episode are, number one, the more we turn to Jesus or the Holy Spirit in decision-making, the more we'll get better results, and those results will show us that it is only the same the it is the only same choice to be made. <laughs> Number 2. Our mission is simple. To live in a way that makes it evident that we are not an ego. We really are not required to do anything. We are channels through which God's spirit flows. It's the whole do nothing and leave nothing undone thing talked about in the Tao to Ching. And number 3. Love does not conquer all things. It does set them right. And my main takeaway from the whole section is that the rewards of God are much greater than the quote-unquote rewards of the ego. This week, I wish you a week of doing nothing. Many blessings. Namaste. Namaste.